0: Greetings, hockey fans. It is Tuesday, July seventeenth, two 2018, and welcome to this week's episode of From the Press Box right here on the AHL Report. I'm your host, Amy Johnson, the lead correspondent at the AHL Report, and of course, I'm joined every week by my fantastic co-host, the always knowledgeable, ever entertaining Mr. Rick Stevens, our editor-in-chief and founder here at Rocket Sports Media.
1: I am thrilled to be here on another Tuesday, and... um as I understand, you've worded up a, a special, extended uh, version of "Where Are They Now," so I'm anxious to get that um, out today.
0: Really, I, I didn't see that on the agenda. <laughs>
1: oh, because you're too distracted with the Tour de France.
0: I am. It is true. If you know me, if you follow me on Twitter. Yes, hockey is my passion. Live hockey 365 days a year. But I am just a sports gal in general. So if it's sports and it's on TV, I'm generally watching it. Um, how, so Wimbledon last weekend, fantastic. We'll uh, uh, be watching some golf this coming weekend uh, because the Open is, is this weekend. Uh, but I have to say Tour de France is I don't follow cycling all the rest of the year, but I I am riveted to the television for three weeks every July to watch the Tour de France um, have the utmost respect for for these athletes and what they do on a bike. Um, And today uh, they are, today is their first stage of climbing uh, in the Alps. And uh, it's, I I can't ride a bike 10 miles, much less try to ride it straight up hill at an 8% gradient for 10 kilometers in the Alps. So <laughs> it's pretty incredible stuff. And I'm sure that while
1: you're, you're thoroughly immersed in that, you're carving out a little bit of time to celebrate uh world emoji day.
0: I I'm sure I, you know, I, uh, I will celebrate by using the little bicycling emoji <laughs> while I'm watching tour de France, maybe the little wine glass next to it later. Um, yeah, I don't know why we need a world emoji day. Not quite sure why that's a thing. They're emojis. We use them every day. Like, okay, great.
1: Well, it's only been a day since the last, since 2014. Um, I, on the other hand, if you could see me on the, uh, in the podcast studio here, um, uh, I'm wearing, uh, my yellow shirt, my yellow t-shirt, mm-hmm. um, Because, of course, as a mathematician, uh, I'm celebrating National Yellow Pig Day.
0: I don't even know where to begin to unpack that sentence to try to understand it. What? (laughs) National
1: Yellow Pig Day. The National Yellow Pig Day. uh, Emoji Day is a couple of years old. National Yellow Pig Day has been celebrated by mathematicians for over 50 years. It it was, was... was established in the early sixties everybody knows does, that does it have something to do with bacon? <laughs> well, you can celebrate with bacon if you like um, no it was it was it was established by Michael Spivak a mathematician and david Kelly they're both uh, students at at princeton um, Spivak did a lot of work in differential geometry and calculus and uh, and they were fascinated. July seventeenth, they were fascinated, um, both of them, with the, the qualities of the number seventeen. Okay. Which uh, just so happens to be the seventh prime number, and the sum of the first four prime numbers. Um, so they were, yeah, they were, they were just fascinated with it, and they they had to come up with uh, a name and and and. Um, I, it was Kelly, I think, that had a collection of yellow pigs, so he decided to attach that. He couldn't call it National 17 Day, so he called it National Yellow Pig Day. And that's been celebrated by mathematicians for years and years and years and years and years and years. And, years. and at the, you know, they come up with all kinds of his yellow pigs. They have 17 uh, eyelashes and, and and there's little... It's kind of a, a cult, you know. These yellow pigs that that people gather on on college campuses to bring the yellow pigs, and they all celebrate the day and talk about all the fascinating qualities of of the number seventeen. There's seventeen muscles in a horse's ear, and you know all those kinds of things.
0: <laughs> okay, that's um. I'm I'm so how like. How do now, I... if
1: you doubt me, if you doubt me,
0: um, <laughs> I don't doubt you. I honestly don't doubt you.
1: Listen, David Kelly. David Kelly retired. Just retired a year, <laughs> two ago. Um, okay. From Hampshire College in Amherst, uh, Mass. And they were they, the college uh, for his forty-five years of service was going to have the usual tribute and, and the you know retirement party or whatever it was. And he said, no, 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 no. I, did, I declined. decline. But what I'd like you to do: the campus speed limit is 15. If you could raise it to 17, oh be come on! Grateful. So if you go to, <laughs> to if you go to Hampshire College in Amherst, all of the the speed limit signs are at 17 miles an hour around campus.
0: Mathematicians are a special breed. Thank you. <laughs> Yet, for those <laughs> listeners who don't know. Here's your Daily Stevens trivia. He's a mathematician,
1: hmm. a math Explains expert. a couple things, right?
0: I said they were special. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll leave it at that. Well, regardless of how you at home decide to celebrate today, I don't, I, I just, I don't even know how to s- begin, so maybe I'll have some bacon today. That'll that'll do it. Um, there are some hockey things to discuss today as well. Shocker. Oh, I know.
1: Number 17. We could talk about yeah, those. We could.
0: <laughs> We're not, not going to, but we could. <laughs> that's what we want to hear from folks. Tweet us your favorite player who's worn the number 17. That's what we want to know. Who is your favorite player who's worn the number 17? That is a special uh, tweet request for Rick Stevens to help him Thanks. celebrate today. Uh, we're going to kick things off. We've just got a couple of contracts uh, to talk about the Montreal Canadiens today because they have been signing some contracts over the past week. i um, also going to break down some commentary um, – I, by Mark Bergevan uh, earlier in the week during a question and answer session, some of his responses were a little interesting. Going to also touch on some coaching news around the AHL as those hirings continue to come kind of fast and furious um, Teams are really starting now to to solidify their coaching staffs. and um, so, so we have some announcements to make there. Uh, There's a player in the AHL this that's going to be playing in the AHL at least to start this year um, that I think hockey fans will want to keep an eye on could make for some some interesting viewing and seeing how how this young man progresses and of course as we teased last week uh the day after our show last week the AHL did in fact release their full schedule for the 2018-19 season so we'll touch briefly on that talk a little bit about um how things are shaping up there as we believe it or not it's the middle of July It's, it's the 17th of July so we are less than two months away from training camps less than two months Like, we're just just about around the two-month mark. Can you believe that?
1: That's amazing.
0: It's it's fantastic. And so we know uh, for the Montreal Canadiens, they did sign a couple of contracts this past week, Rick. We're going to start with the one that took place on Friday, uh, where... After having uh, acquired him in a trade with the Winnipeg Jets on June 30th, uh, the Canadians did in fact finally agree to terms with Joel Armia, a one-year contract for $1.85 million. Um, So one-year deal, not a ton of money. How how are you feeling about that, that? How are you feeling about that contract?
1: Well, it's it's unclear how um how he's going to be used. I, I as mm-hmm. as I said um when we talked about the trade, I li- I like uh I like him a lot. I followed him. Um uh I like when he was drafted. Um and and I think the you know the the money is is fine. Um and kind of a one-year improvement contract, that's okay too. Um I'm 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 okay with it.
0: Yeah. Not bad, kind of, kind of what was expected. So glad to see um, the Canadians not overreaching there or anything like that. Um, and then, just two days ago on Sunday, um, the only player, the only uh, restricted free agent still pending arbitration for the team, Phil Bonneau, uh, he inked a three-year deal with the Canadians on Sunday average annual value of three point oh eight three million dollars per season for three years. Um, so Canadians are, are saying, okay, Phil, we like what we see. We're gonna keep you around for a while. Deneau, I should note, um his arbitration hearing was scheduled for this Friday, the twentieth. And it should be noted that his wedding is this weekend. <laughs> so I'm I'm gonna go out on a limb and and the Canadians have have jokingly you know alluded to this in some articles as, as well but uh, I I can imagine that the bride-to-be probably <laughs> probably had some influence in getting in getting this contract signed before the rehearsal dinner uh happens on the same day as arbitration <laughs> um
1: it's it's to me, it's it's fair. Uh, Phil Deneau is is uh, and and it was expected a three-year deal, just over three million dollars. Some are saying maybe a little low. Some are saying maybe a little high. I think it's fine. Um, and it'll again another player where um, you know ideally in in your lineup, Phil Deneau is uh, has the qualities of a third-line center. Um, what is going to happen this year? Um, you know, with with uh, the lineup that that the Canadians have now, potentially uh, Phil Dunham could be your number one center. But uh, I guess lots of time between here and and opening uh, night in October.
0: That leaves just two RFA's uh, left to sign, and both of those are forwards as well. Uh, that's Mike McCarran and Kirby Reichel are the only two contracts that are hanging out there waiting to be signed so i expect we'll likely see um, something on those uh, relatively soon now that they got the Dano contract out of the way that was kind of the big one that was that was really kind of hanging over uh, the organization as to where that was going to come in didn't have a doubt that that was going to get done um, but i i think that was probably likely where where things were being concentrated so keep an eye out on news coming out at any time uh, on on a, on some more signings from the Canadians, um, and something tells me that who knows Mark Bergevin may not be done uh, making moves this summer either. So you never know. Um, speaking of Mark Bergevin, Rick, the Canadians, and I, I suppose in in this new effort to be transparent and and speak more to the fan base and things like that, they've started this. Um, sort of like a series this summer where um, they started with Jeff Molson, where he did a Q and a Q&A on Habs TV, answering questions from fans and things like that. Um, Mark Bergevin did something similar this week by doing a, a Canadian's mailbag with Mark Bergevin that appeared on the site um, back on Saturday, actually. Um, and it was, it was quite lengthy to be honest Um Some of it was a bit redundant. uh, So I'm not quite sure why they included questions that had him repeating himself 80 times, but there were, there were a couple of things Rick that really stood out to me. Um, And the first one, I don't always agree. There's a lot of times that I don't always agree with, with decisions that Mark Bergevan makes or moves that he makes or things that he says. Um, I, but i am i I will give him credit for the things that I agree with and the things that he says that I think are correct and that are good and and that to my pleasant surprise happened uh with one of the questions that came up in this mailbag is in regards to newly drafted first rounder dispared kokanemi if if listeners recall uh the our show right after the draft um Rick and I both spoke at length about how um you know, we 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 hope that Kokanemi would go back to Finland this year, uh train in the Finnish league. He he did not play at center in the Finnish league last year, so would like to see him learn to play the center position in a highly competitive men's league uh before coming over to North America. Um and frankly we got plenty of mm-hmm. Differing opinions about that on on Twitter and so forth. Um, pleased to say that it, at least right now, Rick, it looks like Mark Bergevin is has those same thoughts in mind. Um, there was a question that had come in and said, "Wouldn't having Kokanemi in Montreal and Laval versus over in Assat allow the organization to have more control and oversight on his development?" And and is that the preferred plan this upcoming season? And Bergevin goes on to talk about how, you know, we, we had an opportunity to watch him at development camp. Uh, we really liked what we saw, so he's going to come, we, you know, so they, they signed the ELC. He'll come to training camp. And Bergevin says, you have to remember, he's still a really young player. He just turned 18 years old, so to force him into a spot where he would be exposed isn't going to be good for him in the long term, and we're not going to do that. And a little bit later in the quote, he says, he'll either play in Montreal or if he's that far off he might as well go back to finland to continue his development there. Yay! <laughs> that's the that's the sound of a gm who's saying, "Okay, we don't want to rush him and put too much of him on him all at once." I Rick, I was I was ecstatic to hear him come back with that response. Well, and
1: and I was too, and and oddly it was comp- it was Kind of exactly the opposite of what he, uh, what Bergevin had been saying uh, when he was commenting on uh, development camp. Um, Mm -hmm. There he seemed to be, um, you know, he's saying Kotkinami was, was, uh, he was taking significant strides and improving every day and, 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 you know, he kind of, um, it seemed to me that Bergevin had started this grass fire about, about Kanyami being in Montreal or Laval um, in the fall. And that had started to burn. And, and, you know, with the media and the fans, they started to fuel it a bit. And uh, I think, I think the organization and and Bergevin himself thought, okay, wait a minute. Um, This is getting a bit out of hand. We need to tamp this down a bit. And uh, so, you know kind of said what we had we had said on a previous podcast that the best place for him if he's not going to play in Montreal and 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 you know that's that that would be a bit of a leap from everything we've seen um is is back in Finland and and that's a very competitive league it's a, 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 a probably the best league that that um you know would would help develop him particularly as a center and the Canadians now have a bit of leverage as we talked about uh, in asking that he play center uh, given that he signed his, his ELC. And, and so it, I I think it was just kind of saying, okay, sorry, I started something and now we're going to walk it back a little bit um, to, to bring down the expectations.
0: Now, of course I do have to follow that up by saying in two questions later, he does have a comment that says, but if Kakenemi shows up and he earns a spot in Montreal, he'll stay with us. So he's covering his bases. I, I'm, I'm hoping he goes back to Finland. I just don't think he's going to be ready. Um, despite, you know, even if he looks fantastic in camp, um, But we'll see. I was at least encouraged that he's not going to try to shoehorn him into Laval. um, At least today. (laughs) Who knows what I'll say in a week. Um, So there were, you know, there were lots of questions that he answered. Um, He did. Someone asked him who he thought the most underrated prospect in the Habs pipeline is and, and the player that the fans should watch out for at training camp this year. Um, and I was, I was a little surprised at the answer. Um, he said, these kids are really young. So to tell you that Samuel Oud is going to make an impression at training camp is a long shot, but I really liked what I saw from him during development camp. And I thought, of all the prospects that you have to choose from that you think might be underrated, that's the guy, that's, that's the guy, that's the guy you pick. I'm not sure that that would have been my pick as far as underrated prospects in the Habs pipeline, but, um, but okay. <laughs> were you, were you surprised at that, at that choice?
1: Well, um, no. Well, I mean, yes and no. Uh, yes
0: and no. Right.
1: Cole Fonstad doesn't really fit the you know the narrative um so no toss a bone out there and and let people get excited about it and that seems to be anyway well there and I think Cole Fonstad is going to turn some heads but anyway that's a whole yeah
0: well yeah I think so too um you know, keep in mind he did have to remind fans a few times, and so we'll take the opportunity to remind folks as well that you will not see Ryan Paling at uh, training camp. He is not eligible to be at training camp because of his NCAA eligibility, eligibility. so um, he's not going to be one contending uh, at, at training camp um, for a roster spot this year. So don't expect to see him there. And and Bergevin was asked that quite a bit. Um, so it's interesting. We'll see, you know, who who's going to be the next uh, executive or management person, or or even coach who who has to uh, answer questions from the fans. It's a it's an interesting new strategy that the Canadians are, are taking on this summer, um, where they're not just answering questions from the press, but trying to to answer the fans as well. Um, it was interesting, little eye opening. I didn't mind it. Got some good info. Got some eye rolling info too, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> what, what can you expect? Right. Um, moving now on before from there. We, before
1: oh, we leave oh, the Canadians, the Montreal Canadians. Um, yes. You had mentioned, I know we're all so fascinated with the number 17 today. Uh, oh, and, yes. and yes, send in your, your favorite number 17. Um, uh-huh. But just looking at the list of, of, Montreal Canadiens who've worn the, uh, the number seventeen. Okay. Um, and it's and it's not it's not a retired number, by the way, um, which so many are. But the last the last one to wear number seventeen um, for the Canadians was Tori Mitchell. Uh, uh, Tori yeah. Mitchell, who we, we saw um, playing for uh, Texas in in the Calder Cup final against yep. the Marlies. Uh, before that, it was uh, a couple of skip a couple generations back and it was René Bork or a couple of oh, years yeah. back René Bork. Um, Dustin Boyd, who we've mentioned many times on this podcast. Uh, George Larocque has worn it.
0: Oh, um, there you go.
1: Benoit Brunet, who's now in the broadcast booth. Um, Jean Leclerc, who Flyers fans um, know quite well. Um mm-hmm. Craig Ludwig, who I had a real nice conversation with Craig Ludwig at the draft. Um speaking of the draft, uh we ran into Gila Point. Now all Canadians fans know um no Point um as wearing number 5, but for a year uh the 69-70 season Gila Point wore number 17. And oh. what might be a, the, the the biggest surprise here, that in the 1951 season, the man wearing number 17 was none other than Jean Beliveau, not his usual number four. Oh, so well, number 17 is very special,
0: and very another special. reason
1: why we should be celebrating it today.
0: <laughs> You're going to keep pushing this. Yellow
1: one. Pig Day, yeah.
0: Well, we still want okay. So, so there you've got some Canadians' names and icons to choose from, but. It could be a player for any, any team, any NHL team, AHL team, you name it. If it's a player who's worn the number 17, we want to know who your favorite was. Um, but I, I'm, there were some names in that list of Canadians that I'm sure people are going to, are going to jump on. You can tweet those to us at the AHL report on Twitter uh, and just tell us who's your favorite number 17. Um Before we move on to some other AHL news, I just want to take a moment briefly um, to touch on some sad news from um, over the weekend um, that kind of has really shocked the hockey world a bit uh, as, as it, as it would with an unexpected death in the community. Um, Ray Emery, former, NHL goaltender, uh, as everyone probably knows, uh, passed away on Sunday at the age of 35 um, in right now with what is being classified as a drowning accident um, in Hamilton, Ontario. Um, he actually, interestingly enough, um, Emery was was in the Hamilton area to play in a in a charity hockey game Saturday night that Zach Ronaldo hosts. Every year for his, um, I think it's a it's a youth hockey charity um, initiative that he hosts this um, celebrity hockey game every year. It's got current NHL stars, former NHL stars. They they come, they play a big charity hockey game. They do autograph signings and all that kind of stuff afterwards. And Ray Emery was was participating in that on on Saturday, which is uh, part of the reason why he was in the area. Uh, and unfortunately, um, I guess was out boating with friends and whatnot in the, in the wee hours of the morning, the next day, uh, and jumped over the side of the boat to go swimming or something that details are, are, have yet to come out, but he never surfaced again. Uh, so we are, we certainly are sorry to hear, uh, to hear about this. You never want to hear about a young man, um, losing his life so early, um, And yeah, it's been, it's been interesting to see the, the outpouring of all sorts of stories and and condolences and so forth from all levels of, of hockey and players and coaches and GMs. And, and certainly been a prominent point of discussion uh, on social media.
1: Terrible news. Um, Terrible news. And, and um... And yeah, and we were just talking about uh, Zach Rinaldo uh, in last week's uh, podcast. And as you said, mm-hmm. it was, it was his tournament that, um, or his uh, charity hockey game um, for um, um, sponsoring kids in, in Ham- in the Hamilton region that, that drew Ray Emery to that area. Uh, you know, um, the police said uh, there was, there was no, nothing nefarious about it it uh I, I think the quote was it was a case of misadventure um so we don't know if you know it seems odd to be going swimming at six a m but uh you know after a night of celebration um, um uh, it, you know that that could have brought them there and and um and and may have contributed to to the to the issue and and you know ray emery has a I think it's fair to say a checkered um, for history, sure. both on and on, on and off the ice. Um, um, road rage incidents. Uh, he was arrested last fall for sexual assault of his girlfriend, assault with a weapon, uttering threats. Um, you know, his his on ice. I, th- I think what's most remembered are are, are, his, are goalie fights. I mean, goalie fights are are rare, and and you think of of Ray Emery. Uh, there's that notable fight him and, and uh, Braden Holtby. Um, uh, that was when Emery was playing for the Flyers and went against uh, Holtby, and um, Emery skated the length of the, high, of the ice to get after uh, Holtby. And prior to that, um, back in 2007, uh, when he was with the Senators, got in into a scrap with with your buddy Marty Baron. Um, oh, I was just and, gonna say,
0: you know, I guess I have to forgive him for the scrap with Baran. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and Marty said
1: that was meant when when was with Buffalo. Marty said I was chopped liver in that fight. Uh, he didn't yeah. he didn't do so well. Um, but in addition to all of that, I mean, he he was a backup for for um, uh, Crawford when when uh, the Blackhawks won the Cup, and he's he's uh, you know a, a Stanley Cup champion in 2013. Um, so there's, there's, and, and obviously, um, respected and, and all the the things that, uh, many are saying about his, his good spirits, good nature, good humor, uh, and his, his interest in being involved with, uh, charitable, uh, causes and, uh, as, as he was on this weekend. It's
0: was really, uh, really surprising, really shocking. We're very, we're very sorry to hear, um, of the loss of Ray Emery, and our our condolences go out to his family and loved ones uh, through this through this difficult time. Always hate to hear uh, these kinds of stories as they come out. Um, moving over to some AHL news, um, as I mentioned at the top of the show, um, coaching coaching changes continued to. Uh, to come through. Um, so, I'm just going to briefly touch on a few of them. Um, the Colorado Eagles, which are the AHL affiliate of the Avalanche, announced Greg Cronin as head coach. Um, in addition to that, Ryan Tobler, and I'm probably going to butcher this gentleman's last name, and I apologize if I do, Aaron Schneekloff. Um, will serve as his assistant coaches Both of them served um, As the head coach And assistant coach in the ECHL The prior two seasons uh, So that's Greg Cronin Who's got 30 seasons in coaching He's had 12 years as an assistant In the NHL Two seasons as a head coach at the AHL level He's he's uh, The last four years he was with the New York Islanders Coaching staff uh, Three seasons of which as an assistant and then being promoted to associate coach last season. Uh, So he takes on the head coaching position for the Colorado Eagles. Um, Looks like uh, the Calgary Flames as well. Um, Joe Sorella is coming on to... Uh, take over some coaching duties in that organization as well um, and so that would be the stockton heat uh, that he will be he'll be heading up things there um, in Stockton. Who am I missing? there's someone else oh uh, yes um, a former Hershey Bears defenseman Patrick Weller is coming back to Hershey now as the assistant coach of the organization uh, under new head coach Spencer Carberry, um, Weller is 34 years old. Spent parts of six seasons with the Bears between 2008 and 2014, including when they won the champion uh, when they won the Calder Cup in 2010. Um, and uh, he was a player, an assistant coach for two seasons in the ECHL with Utah and Alaska, and then was a full-time assistant with Cincinnati two years ago. And with the Reading Royals uh, last year, which is the Flyers ECHL affiliate. Um, Interestingly enough, uh, Weller and and head coach Carberry were teammates in the ECHL in South Carolina and won, won the uh, league championship there together in 2009. So Hershey, kind of rounding out things, uh, for themselves as well. Um, and on the NHL side, the Rangers, uh, today, Rick actually announced who will be joining Lindy Ruff as the assistant for head coach, new uh, head coach, David Quinn, uh, behind the bench for the Rangers. And that is, uh, David Oliver, who has spent the last 11 seasons within the Colorado avalanche organization in, in a variety of roles, um, most recently as the director of player development and, uh, Greg Brown, who has been the, he's been a, he's been a part of the coaching staff at Boston college for the last 14 years. Um, and he's been their associate head coach for the last six seasons. So, um, interestingly enough, while he was at Boston college, he, he coached players like Kevin Hayes and Chris Kreider. So, um, a couple of interesting picks there for the New York Rangers. Um, so yeah, coaching coaching announcements happening all over the place.
1: And this isn't necessarily uh, a coaching and announcement, but it involves an NHL coach, and that's uh, Stanley Cup winner Barry Trotz. Um, he it, it was announced today by the uh, uh, the, the junior uh, hockey team, the Dauphin Kings, that. Um, uh, Former King Barry Trotz is coming to Dauphin, Dauphin, Manitoba. Um, lots of Ukrainians there. The Ukrainian festivals there. Uh, on Wednesday, August twenty second, he's bringing the Stanley Cup with him. So, um, pretty oh. exciting time for Dauphin, uh, Manitoba.
0: That is very exciting. It's been it's been fun watching the uh, the Stanley Cup make its way around the world. Um, but that'll be it'll be it's. It's been overseas for a little bit, so it'll be it'll be nice to have it back in North America. Keep I'm sure there will be plenty of uh, postings on social media about that. Speaking of the Hershey Bears and, you know, they're they're finalizing their coaching staff, uh, I have to say Hershey is Hershey's gonna be interesting this season, I think. They had a very un. Unchar- we we spoke about this at the end of the season that they had a very uncharacteristically dismal season in Hershey this year. Um, Hershey is usually a contender. Uh, they're usually stacked with veterans to win. Um, they're a very successful franchise. Um, and they're very successful at developing players. There are quite a number of the the roster for the Washington Capitals who just won the Stanley cup were AHL graduates out of Hershey, some within just, just this past year. Um, so it was a bit surprising to to see them do so poorly this past season. Um, and interestingly enough uh, new the new head coach, having come in, has already made statements along the lines of we're not gonna we're not gonna do what we've done in the past anymore. The uh, priority is going to be given to younger players, to developing players. Um, they will be given priority over veteran players. Uh, and there's rumor that they expect to start. Uh, They're starting roster in Hershey to begin the season with at least six rookie forwards, um, which would be which would be pretty which would be something else um, to see. What will also be interesting is what's happening in goal. Um, Ilya Samsonov had signed his entry level contract with Washington Capitals back on May fourth. Um, not a lot's been been talked about it, but it has it. It's looking very much like Washington has is saying he is going to start uh, the season in Hershey, uh, splitting the workload with Vitek Vanacek. Um, that's going to be that's going to be quite a goaltending tandem in Hershey. Rick um, Samsonov is of course, confident that he's not going to stay in the AHL for very long. So he's going to be uh, out there to, to impress and, and develop as quickly as he can. But I think that's going to be, I think that's going to be one net duo to really keep an eye on uh, when things heat up this fall.
1: Well, we are going to Colorado there, that spot. Um, there's Phoenix Copley and, but, but Samsonov has, you know, uh, there's, there's a uh, reason to believe that he he could be um, able to move up into that backup position um, sometime during the season, probably, you know, certainly one of the best uh, goaltending prospects outside of the NHL, outside of North America last, Mm -hmm. last year. And, um, you know, he's, he's, uh, we've seen him in, in um, uh, the world juniors. He has a silver and a bronze uh, medal to his, his credit. Uh, We saw him, uh, he's got a Gregorian uh, championship to his name in the KHL. Um, So uh, I, I think there's, there's, there's a good possibility there. And as you said, it's, uh, it's, uh, it should be a pretty decent goaltending tandem in Hershey uh, to at least to start.
0: Absolutely. Um, Interestingly enough, you know, he's, he's really committed to, he even says, I want to get seriously prepared. He's not going back to Russia this summer. Um, he's, um, in addition to needing to, to adjust to North American ice, um, he, he uh, has already started English lessons, um, started with a, a tutor during development camp. And so he's um, he's going to be hard at work on the ice, off the ice in the gym, but also in the, uh, the English classroom as well. Um, and he's talking about how, um, you know, he's going to be here in the states for the summer. His girlfriend's coming here. He's hoping his parents will come. So he, he really wants to get seriously prepared uh, for what's going to happen this fall. So, so good luck to him. He'll be, I'll be, I'll be interested to see how, how that pans out. Uh, Last but not least, we did, uh, kind of preview this last week. Uh, When the home openers had been released, but the full AHL uh, 2018-19 schedule has been released. Um, And as we, I had said on last week's show that Laval was opening on the road. They were opening on Saturday the 6th in in Providence for Providence's home opener. Um, And I kind of guessed that that would mean, since they weren't playing on Friday night, that they would probably have an afternoon game somewhere else in New England, like Springfield, Bridgeport, Hartford, somewhere around there. And sure enough, uh, they are playing the following afternoon on Sunday in Hartford, Connecticut. So there is your opening weekend for the Laval Rocket will be October 6th and 7th in Providence against the Bruins and Hartford against the Wolfpack, uh, respectively. And then they go home for two weeks, where they'll have their their home opener the following weekend, um, which will which will be a lot of fun. There are some different looks to uh, schedules this year, and not just not just for Laval, but overall, um, the league is working diligently on getting away from three and threes, and so that's meaning that there's a lot more weekday games. Um, there are, there are Wednesday games almost every week, even for Laval. Um, and you're seeing Monday games and Tuesday games and Thursday games. And, um, so try and, and rightfully so, uh, a three game and three day weekend is never easy on players, coaches, bus drivers, you name it. Um, But it also means that in an effort to get away from that, that games have to be spread out through the week a little more. So travel's a little crazier. Uh, With Cleveland now coming into the Eastern Conference, um, Laval will visit Cleveland twice and play four games total there. Um, And Cleveland will will come to Laval twice. So um, two cities now that are are very long distance, Cleveland and Charlotte, uh, for Laval to travel to. But it looks to be uh, it's going to be an exciting season, and, and everything starts Saturday and Sunday, October sixth and seventh, in New England. It's
1: going to be good, and certainly uh, you know a different schedule, but um, um, a very different team um, uh, than than last season. And uh, for the Laval Rocket, um, I was taking a look at, at players who are still kind of available uh, overall in in the league and and, and of interest you know, there's, there's Anders and uh, particular goalies that, I, that I kind of, uh, keyed in on, um, uh, our friend Dustin Tokarski, um, mm-hmm. is, uh, is looking for a team, Anders Lindback, um, the, when will he ever retire? Michael Layton is still available. <laughs> um, uh, but for, but for Lavelle, um, you know, there's a uh, Tom Parisi who just, uh, uh, celebrated his 25th birthday on the weekend. Um, uh, there's Nicky Petty, Thomas Ebbing, uh, mm-hmm. Eric Jelena, although there was some talk about him going to uh, uh, the KHL. Uh, Yannick Via, uh, Kyle Bond, who was traded um, uh, last year to the Marlies. Um, I haven't seen a, um, a signing for him yet. Jordan Boucher, a bit of a speedster. David Breul. Um So it's... Um, it's 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 gonna it's and and we skipped over a signing that well i found interesting um we we're talking about hershey but just down the road in in Wilkesbury scranton um will o'neill was signed. will o'neill um, that's right yeah and going back uh to he spent a year in, in with the penguins but he's going back there and from what i read it sounds pretty excited about it um yeah particularly coming from um you know, such a, a a rival in, in the phantoms and uh, is going back, I think with a bit of a a chip given that, that I say that, I say that only on the ice because he's, he's one of the nicest guys off the ice that we've ever Mm -hmm. met. That's Um, true. But didn't feel that he necessarily got uh, uh, an opportunity um, in with Lehigh Valley. And so he's going to go back, uh, you know, an offensive defenseman. He can certainly put up the points, and he did last time uh, that he was with the Penguins. And uh, But I think he'll be looking forward to those uh, games against uh, the rival, Lehigh Valley Phantoms.
0: Absolutely. It's fortunate for him. He doesn't have uh, uh, too far for moving purposes. Uh, those two cities are only an hour apart. Um, so depending on where he was living in the Lehigh Valley, he might not even decide to move uh but if even if so it's not it's not too far down the road but yes you're right he um i think he found himself in the press box more often than not in the second half of the season this year um except when when injuries uh required him to to move into the lineup uh so i'm sure he is chomping at the bit to get back on the ice and really prove his worth and and um and good for him that he that he found a place that he's comfortable with that he's, that he's played at before. Um, And yeah, that should be, that should be another one that's, that's exciting to watch for sure. Believe it or not, I think we just ran the agenda. Hmm. It goes so quickly. It goes very, very quickly. Uh, Of course we will keep our finger on the pulse of everything happening As we get a little deeper into the summer, I know vacations are happening and all those kinds of things, but signings continue to happen. News crops up left and right, so we will be here every week uh, dishing out all of the latest news around the AHL and and some NHL news as well, because why not this time of year? Uh, If you have news that you'd like us to hit on, you can always uh, reach out to us on, on social media. You can Tweet to us at the AHL report. You can find Rick on Twitter at all Habs and you can find me at flyers rule. Uh, always happy to talk to our fans and hear from you and think, hear about some things that you might want to hear about and talk about as well. Um, and
1: speaking of AHL news, um, yeah. we should mention, we should highlight the return of uh, the headlines, um, the weekly headlines yes. on AHL report. Right. Um, by the lovely Joseph Whalen, uh, who puts together, uh, you know, in the summer when 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 you haven't got a lot of time to um, to daily pay attention to HL news, you can go for your once a week uh, fix a capsule uh, article that uh, where he puts together everything you need to know about what has happened, what's going on in the HL uh, from the previous week. So um, that's out every Monday, Sunday. I believe. Sunday, every
0: Sunday, every Sunday. I read it on Mondays, but (laughs) (laughs) that's fine. You're allowed. Thanks, Joseph. Thank you, Joseph. You can look for that every Sunday. Uh, It's, it is back by popular demand and uh, it is, it's a great resource to get all of your AHL news for the week, all in one digestible spot right there. Uh, So be sure to check that out. Uh until then, have a wonderful week. Enjoy celebrating number seventeen chartreuse pig day, whatever it's whatever it's called. I'm not I'm not quite sure. Have some bacon today. Uh enjoy whatever sports you're currently watching. I'm gonna get back to the Tour de France and uh and some hockey coverage and uh be sure to join us here next week next tuesday for another great episode of from the press box on behalf of everyone at the ahl report have a great week